Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Amber Tozer. Before we get to Amber, I want to thank the people that wrote in and gave me suggestions on Belgium, where I'm headed in June. If you've got recommendations for me for Belgium and, say, Brussels or Antwerp or Bruges or Ghent or any of those places, things to do, places to see, beer to drink... I want to know about it. Write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. See photos of the guests. You can listen to this on the site with our spanking new Art19 player, or there are links on the site to iTunes. Go there. Subscribe. Give us a nice rating. That's always cool. There are links to Stitcher Radio. There are links to our Twitter page, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. There's links to our Facebook page, Travel Tales Podcast. Go there, follow us, like us, do whatever you got to do. All right, I say let's get right to our guest. Amber Tozer is a very funny comedian and writer. She's great on Twitter. Follow her there. And she's got a new book coming out called Sober Stick Figure, which you should buy. And links to Amber's Twitter and to buy her book, you can go to our website and click on her episode, and I'll post links to all Amber's sites. But for now, why not enjoy my chat with the lovely, charming, and talented Amber Tozer. Welcome. For the first time since uh, my housewarming nine years ago. Yes, it's been a while. Where the hell have you been? I have been, well, living in L.A., but a little bit all over the place. Yeah, you went back to Colorado, didn't you, for a little while? I go back a lot. I, I, haven't, I go back for like three weeks at a time and stuff, but I haven't moved back. Okay. I've been in L.A., but I spend, I spend at least, I'd say, 30% of my time back home. Okay. Yeah. Just because of it kind of like, you know, grounds you, or is this family stuff that you have to take care of? A little a little bit of both. I don't really have to take care of anything, but my sister had babies, oh. so I like to go back and hang out with my family. Get it. Because I, I am such a good person. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not from Denver, right? You're from like a smaller town. Pueblo. Pueblo. So that, I think I played... A co- is there a college there? Yeah. Okay, what's it called? Uh, well, it was University of Southern Colorado. Now it's Colorado State University South. Okay. What'd you play? I did a stand-up gig back. There was a whole Colorado run that I did. I went to, there's something in Mesa. Is it Mesa Community College or something? Yeah, yeah. And then we went down to Pueblo, and then we went all the way over to, what's the far, is it Grand Junction? Grand Junction. Way over there. And then uh, I did Western State. Yeah, yeah. In uh, Crested Butte or whatever. No, Gunnison. That's in Gunnison. Yeah, Gunnison. Outside of Crested Butte. Ski. Whoa, but, you did like And then this. yeah, and then over to the Colorado School of Mines in Golden. And that's when I got snowed in. I got snowed in uh when they just built the new airport in Denver. It was a freak October 
snowstorm when it when it first opened. You remember that? It was yeah, like the first year I it was, was open. I I think I was a sophomore in college. That was the week I did it, and uh, I remember it was Friday. I was driving from Grand Junction down to Golden, and you know you're going through the mountains, and I was yeah, like, first little flakes. You know, and then I was like, okay. And then I remember the show at Golden at the School of Mines was a happy hour. It was like a Friday happy hour thing in the student union. So it was like five o'clock and I'm pulling in and the flakes are bigger now. Yeah. Like, okay. And I'm scheduled to fly out the next day on Saturday. And then I remember doing the hour long show and then I get out and the flakes are bigger. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is not good. And then I got to the hotel and all night long, I just watched yeah. these flakes just come down. I was like, I don't think I'm getting out of here. It was nonstop, and it sort of happened fast. Because that's, yeah. that's how I was like, oh, it's snowing, you know. And yeah. then nonstop, and then it just dumped and dumped and dumped. I was holed up in, at my mom's house. Oh, really? My best friend was there, so that was fun. <laughs> we just like, we ate. We just ate a bunch of food and played cards. Well, I tried to like make a half-hearted attempt to drive to the airport. And then I was just like, I'm going to try to make and get out. And then I turned on the news. And they said that people were trapped in the airport because there's only they built one highway going yeah. to the airport. There's one road and they would plow it and it would just drift over and, and they couldn't get it supplies out there. People ran out of food. They were trying to bring like blankets and stuff to people and people were sleeping all over the airport. And so that did was like, you turn around and go back? Yeah, I just went. I just stayed another day in the Super 8 or whatever the hell I was. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, that was my first experience with the Denver, the new Denver airport. I actually flew into Stapleton once. You the did. old one downtown. It was great. It was like right in the city. I know. I'm not. I don't love. I don't love the new one. It's far out, and yeah. I don't like how you have to take a tram to the different terminals. Right? Isn't it? Aren't they putting a new train out there though? From yeah, the city? they are. There's, there's going to be a train that goes from South Denver, I believe, okay. which is helpful. So, I mean, my yeah. my mom has my she picks me up from Pueblo. And Ugh. it's far. It's very, it's very far. So if I could just take a train at South Denver. How big of a town is Pueblo? The, it's 100,000 people. So okay. it's not super small, but it feels small. Conservative? Pretty conservative? It's half and half, I'd say. Okay. It's like, you know, I think Colorado's half and half. but Yeah. Like Colorado Springs is really conservative. Oh, conservative. Yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah, military yeah. town. And military and Christians. Yeah, it's really hardcore. Meth. And it's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, America that's what happens. Woo-hoo. Uh, War and religion. <laughs> you're gonna. That'll make you do drugs. <laughs> so did your did your family travel much growing up? Not really. My um, my they owned a small restaurant, so my mom has always been working, working, working. I think she mm-hmm. has a travel bug. My dad was definitely a homebody. With a lot of issues, but my mom was very outgoing. But we didn't travel much as a as a kid at, when I was mm-hmm. a kid. So, um, but I think I I went on a road trip when I was nineteen that like changed my life, and what, that's when I got the travel bug. Just a, a car, driving road. Yeah, trip. we went. I went with my best friend Lisa. We went to um, Crater Lake, Oregon, and down the coast of California, and through Vegas back. And I was like, oh, my God. And then we went on another one when we graduated college to the East Coast. We drove from Colorado all the way to the Florida Keys. Wow. And That's a hell of a drive. It was in, on the way there. We got caught in the tornado. And it was May, May 5th, 1999. And it was we got caught in a tornado storm in um, Oklahoma City. Oh my god! And we were so we were so stoned. We were it was a, it was a first day. We like graduated college. My brother gave us a bunch of weed and 
like when the sun went down, we started to smoke and we got so high and it, we were like, this is amazing. And we were listening to a CD. We were listening to Will Smith's um, Willennium album. Oh, sure. Getting jiggy with it. <laughs> and when we were and you're like, wait a so... minute, it's, it's a little windy outside. Yeah, it was. And I had, this, I had a pickup truck and I had a camper shell on the back of it. And the camper shell was, it was going to fly off because this drunk guy put it on for us right before we left. And so I was like, that camper shell is loose. Damn it. That fucking drunk. He didn't put it on. So we pulled over and it took us a half an hour to get it fixed. And this guy just ended up drilling it to my truck. And then we took off again, smoked more weed. The sun goes down and there's like a lightning storm in the sky. And, uh, and I'm like some, and then all this debris and emergency vehicles Buildings half gone. We are just strolling into Oklahoma City, still so high. We're not listening to the radio. And then I see a car flipped over on top of a building. I'm not lying. And I was like, something, something serious happened, man. <laughs> She's like, yeah, maybe we should turn on the radio. And of course, every news channel is like, this is the biggest tornado storm in 60 years. And... I mean, long story short, we we survived it, but we ended up at this like truck stop in a bathroom because we couldn't drive anymore. And then the sirens were going off, being like an uh, an F six is headed your way, and we're just like, oh, yeah. But I was still excited, high, like, still high, of course, still high. But Lisa, <laughs> I was like, this is this is what life's about, you know. I had this sick adrenaline, like I didn't want to get hurt or anyone else to get hurt, but I was like. It made me just think of things like how much stuff is out of our control, which is somehow brings me weird peace. You know, like I don't, I don't know. It just makes me. I, but we survived, and um, <laughs> and key, and the keys were amazing. I, you know, just got drunk and sure. had fun. Yeah. Where just did you go all the way to Key West and stay there, or did yeah. you stay along the way? We stopped along the way, but we made it to Key West, and we didn't really like it. Yeah. Like. Just because I think they're sick of tourists and we're like, hey, we're they're so sick yeah. of us. Like young girls being like, where's the party yeah, at? Yeah, spring break and everything else. They, they're sick of it, I think. So we didn't feel very – but we went back to um, one of the other keys and ended yeah, up like, at this bartending convention. Oh, really? And I was like, like Isla Morata or yeah, something like yeah. that? Yeah. I don't know where it was. It was like MTV beach party but with just like not attractive people. <laughs> but it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. But that's when I was like, I, I loved, I just loved it. Did, what was the thing about that trip you took when you were 19? You said it was life changing. What, what I, was it? I don't know. I think cause I was just like a very structured person, like going to school and I was a college athlete. So I was constantly. You played basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Amber, I, by the way, you can't see her. She's six. Four. <laughs> 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it was just a relief to be this free spirit, which I didn't really know that that was part of my – that I had that in me because I had always been like go to school, get good grades, be an athlete. It was like I was very structured with myself. And then when I went on that trip, I was like, this is, a, this is, this is, this is who I am. I don't know. <laughs> was there something about the West, Clo- West Coast that you really liked? Yeah. I mean, it was everything. It was just places I had never been before. And, and Oregon was beautiful. And then when San Francisco blew my mind, like that was my first trip to a big city. So San Francisco just 
as a 19 year old with a fake ID. I was like, it's, <laughs> it's on. And we went to this S and M nightclub and, and, and you probably looked like 12 yeah. at the time. I was still really San Francisco. This, I was like, yeah. yeah, come on in. I know we just wore these like black leather outfits, tons of <laughs> eyeliner. And then I was using this girl's ID that she left it at my mom's restaurant and she was mean to me. And she was like 24, but had brown hair, brown eyes. I was like, close enough. I'm using it. And then I would be sort of offended when it worked because I was like, she's not pretty. Why is this working? <laughs> I'm sick. But it was, it was, that's, I think it sparked something in me. Right. To, to go places. So then you finished college. You uh, drove through the tornado. Uh-huh. You went to uh, Florida. When did you come to LA? Well, I moved to New York right after college. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's a bold move. By myself. Really? You One knew- way ticket. See, now that's a big deal. How often yeah. did you been to New York before that? Once. Once. How old were you? I think I was 21. I had just turned 21. It was the summer before my senior year. Oh, wait. When I moved there, I was 22. No, but you had gone one year earlier. One year earlier for five days. And we that didn't was even enough. ride the su- subway. <laughs> yeah, and I swear those road trips like inspired me that I could do it. Yeah. You I know? Mean, you, you, you're surprised at what you can handle you, yeah. when you're out of your comfort zone. So did you – was this a comedy move? Was it all about that? No. I didn't really know that I wanted to do stand-up till after I was living in New York for a while. But it was just – a life move. You just wanted it was to like, It was a life move. I think deep down I wanted to do something big. Part of me wanted to be like a comedic actress but wouldn't admit it. Like I don't know why. I don't Because I don't think Pueblo is like very artsy. It's very you – you know, work at an insurance company yeah. or become a nurse or something. So I couldn't really talk about it. I could have but in my head I was afraid. It's meth. You could always deal meth. Yes. I could move to the Springs and, and – <laughs> Join the military or become really religious or mm-hmm. smoke meth. But um, I don't know. I, I just wanted to try it. And I just – I felt very much inspired by New York when I was there before. So I was like, I'm just going to buy a one-way ticket and save a few thousand dollars and go. And I stayed in this yeah. hotel room by myself and <laughs> ended up being there for seven years. In a hotel room? <laughs> no. No, where, where did you – yeah, where do you find a place when you're just rolling to town? It's not I, easy. I had been messaging. This is like 1999, so the internet there wasn't Craigslist. Yeah. There was like very few websites for finding apartments. But that's I had, a racket too, getting a place in New York. I mean, with the brokers and everything. Oh, else. I know. Yeah. So I had been messaging a guy who had a room for rent, but by the time I got there, he had already rented it out because I was looking for months before. But he, we became friends, and he ended up being such a nice guy. And so I stayed on his futon for like a week or even – no, maybe not even that long. And then I ended up finding – there was this loot magazine. It was bright yellow. It was free classifieds. I ended up finding a room in Queens in that ma- <laughs> in that little classified newspaper. In Astoria? In Astoria. Okay. Yeah. I lived in Brooklyn in 96, 97. You did? So I just missed you. Where in Brooklyn? I was in Park Slope. Oh, okay. There for a while. And before it's what it is now. I mean it's crazy now. Oh, I yeah, I lived in Crown Heights after uh I lived in Queens for a year then Crown Heights which is pretty close to Park Slope. But I went back over the summer and it is in cr- the change. Yeah. I can't we I had can't a beautiful apartment. I can't imagine what it goes for now. It's crazy. Oh man, did, it's it's insane. Did your family think you were nuts for going to New York? 
Yeah, I don't think they thought I would do it. Like, my brother was like, Psh, yeah, right. See you back here in a week. And that fuel, I was like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? And my mom, when I talked about it, she was like, okay. Okay, you know. And then I did it. I was like, I, I, I don't I think they thought I was a little nuts, but <laughs> most people were supportive, like, go for it. But some people were like, Psh, whatever. Well, how did you support yourself? <laughs> I got a job right away because um, dot-coms were booming. Like, you know, I had a business degree, so they were hiring a bunch of college grads at these internet companies. So I got a job as a headhunter. <laughs> and I didn't even know what that meant. I was right. like, what is this? And the guy who interviewed me was liked that I played college basketball. He's like, oh, if you played college ball, you can handle this job. And – I was like, okay. Well, I was it, like, why do I get to translate? Do I get to shoot three pointers? <laughs> and I get a paycheck. You play some tenacious D in, yeah. this, uh, in this job. <laughs> so why? Yeah, where was the job? Like in downtown? Wall or? Street. Wow. Well, on John Street, um, in Wall Street. But yeah. So you're rolling in. Rolling. Twenty two. Yeah, around yeah. all the suits. We're in the internet. We're the future, man. Did that company go under with all the rest of them? Yeah, I yeah. left before it went under. But I didn't like, like I had to cold call people and, be, and oh. you know, basically find people jobs. And I was like, I want to find, I want to <laughs> find myself another job. But I ended up at a, a bunch of dot coms, like as marketing associate. I became a publicist. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Publicist. I was a publicist for. Moved moved my way up to be like a publicist at a production company that did documentaries and oh cool and then I started doing comedy. So you're living this crazy Sex in the City life. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Drunk the whole time. Drunk the whole you. time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we should tell people you, you, you're now since sober. Yeah. For how long now? Eight years. Well, that's great. Yeah. Thanks. So right after my party, basically. Yeah. I wonder if I. <laughs> you brought wine. I, I found a photo of you with the, with the wine that you brought. Really? Yeah. I wonder. I don't remember if I was. Maybe it was like my last. You were well behaved, I think, from what I remember. It was during the day, right? No, no, it was at night. Ah. Oh, well, your I memory's wonder. hazy. We got that part. <laughs> I don't remember if I was drinking then or not. <laughs> I don't remember. So it was, uh, yeah, well, I guess it was nine years ago. <clears throat> well, then probably. I was probably on my way out. Mm hmm. I was probably covering it up with like a smile, being like, "Everything's fine. I love, I love your apartment. Is there a room I could kill myself in?" No. <laughs> Funny enough, I do have the heroin room over oh, here yeah. that uh, the Airbnb guy it enjoyed. Looks so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so you're in New York. Did you have time to travel or anything or any kind of money? And that's the problem when in our twenties we don't have the time or the money to, I or did. we have way too much time and no money <laughs> to travel. It's yeah. one or the other. I was sort of, I was okay. I wasn't, I didn't have a lot, but I was okay because I, uh, I was pretty good with money even though when I was drunk. But my first trip, I did travel, I think when I was 22 or 23, I took my first trip to Europe, like the whole backpacking experience. Oh, you you did that? Yeah. yeah I did that after college too. Like the six week, you get a URL pass and that whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I don't forget how long we, I think we were there for like, two weeks right but i was but from new york it's an easy it, trip. yeah it was great it was great it wasn't like i don't think it changed because i was sort of desensitized from living in new york for a while so i didn't have that same like new york's good training <clears throat> for anybody for traveling I, I think every kid should, in america should live there for a year i like, i think that's a good idea because you or not i mean i just felt it was like so you know because after you live there you're 
Or like what? Yeah, your what? senses are more attuned. Right, right, right. But you, I, I, for me, I felt like I was like, "What's the big?" After New York, I was like, "What's the big deal about any place?" Right. You know, but before New York, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know. <laughs> yeah. Your eyes aren't as wide anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you go on that two weeks? Um, God, I'm trying to remember. London, Amsterdam, L- London, Italy, Switzerland, Amsterdam, Paris. Must have done Paris. Or no? No, I did do Paris, but on a separate trip. Oh, okay. I went back, um, like a couple of years later, for um, a conference for did one you, of my jobs. Did you do the youth hostel thing, or did? Yeah, oh, really? that we, has its own set of challenges. It, yeah, we did the youth hostel. Th- I went with my friend um, Des, and we d- we did do the youth hostel thing. I'm trying to remember the craziest thing when we were, we were in Zurich, um, we. We were just not prepared at all. And part of the whole, the time that we went was around Christmas time. And the town felt like it was shut down wherever we were. I don't exactly remember where, but the like a bunch of hotels were closed down. Just nothing was open. And we were literally like knocking on people, going door to door with these huge backpacks. And we went to this one sort of, I guess, low end motel. It didn't seem fancy to me, but the, the owner was there and he was like, oh, we're closed for the season. And I was like, can we please – we have no place to stay. And he opened it up and we were the only ones in this weird hotel for a few days. <laughs> it was so creepy. And this old man, the guy who owned it. But um, This is all like pre-Airbnb and you know, oh, yeah. not a lot of web access at that time. Yeah, I don't even know if I had a cell phone then. No, like, I didn't those days. Yeah. I didn't get one until I moved out here. And it was only because, because I was living in New York and I had a, this should say how, you know, a dating, this is like, I had a pager. So, uh, yeah. because there was pay phones everywhere. So you didn't need to, right. you know, so I got page. If there was an emergency, there was one every block. I could just call somebody from the pay, you know, I had a calling card. Right. You know, and you uh, dial yeah, that up. Yeah. And then I moved out here card. and it's just like, oh, because you're in the car all the time, you can't pull over to call somebody back if you get paged. So right. I was just like, okay, I'll get it. And that's when I got my first one out here. When did you move to L.A.? I moved here in November of 97. Oh, okay. So that was a while ago. All right. You, you were still back in Colorado doing whatever. Yeah. I was still in Colorado. So what made you finally leave New York to come here? Um, I think I was ready. I was ready to go after five years, but I stayed for seven years. I was in a relationship, so I stayed oh, to try to make that work. And then when it didn't work, I was like, I'm going to move across the country. I'll show you. To make this really over. <laughs> but I had been wanting to and I was sort of it, – it had just beaten me down. So I think it was it was just a good time for me to move. New York can burn you out. I mean yeah. it, it gets intense after a while. People that – you start to realize why people who have the means all have a place outside the city. Like whether it's at the right. beach or in the mountain upstate or something – just to decompress, just so you can go. Oh, right. Because it wears on you after And all. you need that. I'm glad I did it in my 20s because yeah, I had too. the energy. I to, couldn't do it now. Oh, no. <laughs> no I, I just, the, sh- the schlep. And I'm if you're so going out and you're drinking, you know, I'm oh, yeah. a drinker. It's out open all night. And you don't have to drive. You don't have to. It's the greatest It's the greatest drinking town place ever. to be an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, it really, it's so easy to be an alcoholic mm-hmm. there. 
But uh, good times. Good times. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun. Like before it got bad, I had so much fun. You yeah. know, and was, everybody's single. Yeah. That's the other thing. Because they get married and they leave the city. Right. So yeah, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I had a great time, but it did. And when I was ready to go, I was ready to go. So I think I moved out here in two thousand six. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask what so you were in New York for nine eleven. Yes. What where were you that day? I was there. I was You still working downtown? No, I was working when it happened when the first plane hit, I was on the subway. Oh. Going from Brooklyn to I believe I worked on Fifth Avenue and twenty something street. So I popped up out of the subway on Seventh Avenue on the red line and like it was so quiet and there was this big guy at the top of the sub uh, the stairs of the subway going out into the street just like crying on his cell phone and he was like muscular and big and i was like well this poor guy like what happened and then i stepped out onto the street and it was silent Every- and everyone was standing still looking downtown and i was like what the it was so quiet i'll never forget how quiet it was outside and I, wa- and I couldn't see because the, the buildings were blocking me from seeing downtown. So I walked over to 6th Avenue. And I still didn't look down there. And I asked this guy in a business suit. I was like, what's, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, a plane hit one of the towers. Um, they think it's terrorists. And I looked and I just had this like view of a gaping hole. And I forget which tower got hit first. The South Tower? I don't, yeah, I I don't remember. I was like, what? And then... I ran to the office and uh, everyone, everyone's in the conference room watching the news and then the next plane hit and then the Pentagon and then the CE. There was like a few cameramen, a couple producers and not any – it was still early so not everybody had made it to work. And then we had this meeting and they decided to shoot a documentary on it. So um, we're like we're going to – they're going to – we're sending people out to – to shoot footage and interview people. So before I knew it, I was like teamed up with a cameraman to help, you know, shoot the stuff. And I was like, I was torn. I was like, I don't want to bother any, you know, this is, we're going to exploit this. And, and I was still pretty, I would think I was 23, just sort of just young and being like, okay, you know? So we went and we ended up making a documentary Wow. Did it uh, yeah. play in theaters or anything? Um, I quit before the post-production. Um, it, it's called Seven Days in September, and I believe it was on like A&E or something. I don't think it was in the theaters. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. Wow. So, but, you know, we were walking down. Did you have to walk home? I stayed with a friend that night because I don't think the trains were working to – uh, going to Brooklyn, the trains weren't working that day, so I stayed with a friend in the city hmm. um, until I could make it back, and then I had to take a couple days off because it was, it was, I don't know, it was just it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. <laughs> but everyone in the city, it was pretty. The everybody was incredible during that time. I mean, the next week, everyone was back to telling everyone else to fuck off. But for a little bit, like, everyone just had so much empathy. But um, 
Yeah, it was intense just w- being walking the streets that day. My cousin was uh, living in Jersey, and then she was taking the PATH train, and she would change tr- trains at the World Trade Center. Uh-huh. So she was in the subway as well when the first plane hit, and they said, you know, she thought it was just like, oh, well, somebody said a plane hit. They thought it was like a Cessna or something, you know, some like weird... Like an accident, yeah. Yeah, a private plane hit the thing, and then... Nobody really knew, you know, what was happening. And then when the second one hit, then they realized, oh, that's on purpose. And yeah, we were trying to call her all day. You know, she got out, but you know, she said she saw people jumping from the oh thing. It was horrible. God. And so she had to walk all the way uptown. And she, we were trying to call her all day. And nobody couldn't find out. We found out later that she was fine, but she lost her phone or something. <gasps> Did, were your family, like, oh calling you all God. day? No. <laughs> What the hell? Well, I don't. I don't know if I had a cell phone then. I think yeah, I had a. Cell I was being phone. paged. Yeah, I don't. Re- <laughs> my beeper was going nuts. I called. My mom didn't have a cell phone. I know that, so I called her work, our, our the family restaurant, and I left a message because she wasn't there. Oh, okay. And for a while, like the phone, la- the phones were a little weird. I th- I don't remember, but I call. I kept checking in, but they weren't calling me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just probably trying to make myself a victim. I'm sure they were very worried. <laughs> so you came out here, and one of the reasons that uh, uh, you're here now is because I saw you post stuff that you had just gone to Southeast Asia. Yeah. And you went to some places I still haven't been. So let's talk about that. Let's go jump far ahead. Okay. Unless there's other trips you want to no, no. in between. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> this is my second time to Southeast Asia. Okay. When did you go the first time? 2010, I went to Cambodia and Vietnam. Okay. Which was inc- like, I love Southeast Asia so much. And then this time, I hit different spots. So I only went to, in Cambodia, I did Angkor Wat. Angkor Wat. And Shim Reap. And, and that was the only thing I did. And then I've been to Vietnam a couple times. Oh. And this last time, I went for two weeks. Where'd you go? Uh, well, I started in... Hanoi, and uh-huh. then just went down the coast. Okay. In one of those little, those buses where you, the sleeper buses. <gasps> oh, yeah. Which are built for people your size and yeah. not, not, not uh, big whitey. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was a little tight, a little tight, but it was yeah. cool. I think I flew to, uh, in the middle. Not, well, I went to Hoi An. I know oh, I, I went to, um, oh God, I can't name Da Nang, Nha Trang. You went to all the places I didn't go. Where did you go? I went. I went to Halong Bay. Okay, I did that the first time, yeah. And did you go to Sapa? No. Oh, it's it's n- northwest of it's west of Hanoi, but it's northern. Oh, okay. It was incredible. I didn't have enough time in Vietnam, but um So was it up in the mountains? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just did like 3 days there, took an overnight train from Hanoi and just did like an all-day trek. Were you alone and- on this? Yeah, I went alone in 2010, and then this last time I met two friends out there. Oh, fun. Yeah. So you went alone on 2010. Yeah. Your first time in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Okay, and you hadn't been anywhere else in Asia? You'd no. You'd been to, like, Japan or anything? Nothing? No. Okay, so why did you pick there? Did you always have, like, a fascination with it or something? Someone, t- a friend of mine had been to C- Cambodia, and he was like, you have to go. And then I talked to someone else who had been, and they were like, you have to go. <laughs> so I think I just they just sort of talked me into it and so that's why i and i don't i just i'm i still can't believe i went by myself but i would do it again you know because nobody who's gonna go with me being like there's not many people who who that's why i've ended up traveling it. so much on my own do you do, do you go alone a lot yeah i mean i realized years ago that if 
if you wait around for someone to go with, you'll never go. Yeah. Either your schedules don't match up or somebody, you know, they can't leave work or they want to see different things or you end up compromising or you just, they can't afford it or they can afford it and you can't. Right. It just never works out. So either you don't go or you just say, the hell with it. I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad I did. And I wasn't, I didn't, I don't get scared or I don't know. I felt fine. I felt. I it was I think I got a little lonely here and there being like, yeah. Oh, I wish somebody was here to experience this with me but There's some you, of that, yeah. Yeah, but if you stay busy and keep moving, I was like constantly um just in culture shock, so it keeps you busy. <laughs> I only usually feel it at night because during the day I'm always out doing stuff. You you know, you're doing things and taking photos and doing you know, experiencing stuff. It's only at like at night after when you go and have a nice dinner or something. Right. You know, yeah. just kinda hang out after dinner. You know that that that's when you that hits me. But other than that, yeah, not yeah. Really. So where you get off the plane? I mean, it's a pretty big Cambodia. You're kind of diving into the deep end right off the bat. You're not right. like easing into Asia. Well, I flew in. <laughs> I flew into Bangkok, so okay, I, I, I had say, a couple of days there. You went to the Kaos, was the the uh, that road where all the backpackers hang out? No, Kaos I didn't Hong go there. Road. I don't do anything that everybody else does. I'm like, oh, I'm not going there. They're like, you got to go to this market. Everyone goes. I'm like, I'm not going then. (laughs) So you, so a couple days in Bangkok. (laughs) Yeah. And then you flew to Simreap. Yeah. And uh, I think your Wat's amazing, isn't it? Oh my God. It's so beautiful. And everyone there is, seems like the, I felt like both the tourists and the locals were such in good spirits. I don't know. It was just because it's – well, the tourists are just happy to be there, I think, and their minds are being blown. So everyone's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Where else in Cambodia did you go? I went to Phnom Penh. Okay. How's the capital? I heard it's kind of rough. It it is. It felt a little – well, I mean, you can't blame them, but a friend of mine – It's a tough history. Yeah. There's a lot of baggage. I went to the killing fields, and I mean, I really – that is when I was like, why am I doing this by myself? But I just, you know, I just dove right in. But a friend of mine has um, an orphanage there. So I went there oh, wow. to uh, to visit those guys. And that was fascinating. Like, there's a lot of people doing incredible work all over the world. You know, like, just people who like, bleeding hearts who just... <laughs> you know, you're, they just drop everything to go s- save these kids. Yeah. I stayed at a hotel in Sim Reap with uh, an American couple who just went there and opened this thing. And the couple or the hotel kind of pays for a school that they're running and, and they do all these charity and building wells and stuff. Yeah. And like, I felt like I was just a loser. I know. <laughs> you're just, like, and I'm swimming in this beautiful pool that they right. built and just like, oh, yeah, show us the. Things, good things you're doing. Like, I'll donate. Where's the website? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you guilted me. You got me. Right. But yeah, no, it's it's amazing. But I mean, how long did you stay in Phnom Penh? Just a couple of nights. And then I took like a six-hour bus to Ho Chi Minh. Okay. To Vietnam. And then I stayed there for a couple of nights, then flew to Hanoi and did Halong Bay and Sapa. I didn't have enough time because I hate when I've – the thing that I do wrong when I travel is like I don't I don't feel – because you don't know. You try to know. see too much. Yeah, you try to see too much yeah. and you're exhausted and then you have to do these overnight. I like overnight travel but it's 
I just well, I just want more time when I go. Yeah, because you feel like you. you. Ha- yeah, because you feel like I'm like I don't know when I'm going to be back here again, so I'm going to go here, 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 and then you. D- I don't know. That's yeah. one. Thing. It's exhausting. It is. Did um, so when you went to Cambodia and Vietnam, what kind of accommodations were you doing there? Were you d- was this hotels? Were you doing Airbnbs? Were you in 2010 mostly hotels, just like. Not super cheap, but not high end, right. just sort of middle of the road. And those countries are cheap anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you could doesn't take much money to live okay. No, it was it was awesome. And this last time I went, I was with two other girls, so we shared a hotel room. It was so cheap. Yeah, oh yeah. It was like ten bucks a night each. Oh, Vietnam is so decent... che- it's so great. It's great. Okay, so you go there, and by the way, some of the best food. Ever. Yeah. That's that's one of the best parts of Southeast Asia is the food for me. So good. So good. I started to miss I always miss cheese. Like I start to miss the only thing I met like that's really? so good. you miss cheese? I miss cheese <laughs> when I go. But it is. It's so it's yeah. it's delicious. So how would like this last trip, you went to Myanmar, right? Yeah. Which I've never been. You have And that's on my list because to it's go. I guess it's not they say it's what like Thailand was 20, 30 years ago before all the hordes of tourism came. It is insanity. <laughs> How does it differ than, say, Cambodia? Well, let's see. I went to Yangon, which is a huge city. Well, it feels huge. And everyone has a car. And there's not a lot of traffic signs or traffic stops. And... It's Cars ins- or motorbikes or both? In Yangon, they are not allowed. And motorbikes are illegal because they think everyone really? will die. So it's Which all they probably cars. will. Yeah. In Hanoi, I mean, it's, it's insanity with the motorbikes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You can't even and, cross and the Laos street. And, yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. That's why I'm surprised. There's no motorbikes. There, there is in, um, where else did I go? Bagan and Inlay Lake and uh, Mandalay, motorbikes. But there, I don't know. They made them illegal, I think, because it's just – it's Yangon is crazy. And, you know, they just got the internet a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So they just opened it up to the public again a few years ago because it was closed down. It's been down military for a, rule for, ye- for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, it's so different. First of all, the people are wonderful. They're happy to see tourists. They want to share their country without they're just happy to see you. Yeah. They're like, "Thank you for coming. We hope you like it here." They're so sweet. <laughs> and um uh but Yangon it was <laughs> it's just you can't believe like you feel like you're going to die when you're in a car, first of all. You know that type of Transport, you oh, know, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't know how oh, we're I've been gonna to make it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to go to India. It's, it's probably it's sounding very similar. Oh yeah, yeah. But along with these, the cars are there like animals walking through the streets and yeah, things? yeah, sure. There's like there, yes. It, nothing makes <laughs> nothing makes sense. The, like was for the an heat American overbearing? Mind. No, it was. It was getting hot, but I, you know, we went there. Uh, in February. Okay. So it wasn't too hot, but the pagoda is so beautiful. Like the main pagoda, um, I forget what the, what it's called, but in, you go there. In Yangon? In Yangon. I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of them, but there's one that you go to when the sun's going down and everyone's just meditating around it. And oh, there was like wow. these little girl monks who they were orphans, but they, you know, they were just tiny little monk ladies <laughs> and they started chanting. I was like, I almost wanted to start 
crying and everyone's there just so peaceful and quiet. Everyone has their shoes off and the sun goes down and the pagoda changes colors like every two minutes. Oh, wow. It's incredible. So, um, so how far out is like, so from the capital is Yangon, right? Yeah. And then, so how far out is like, say Mandalay or what's that, what's that one place where there's just millions of pagodas everywhere? Like if you like a whole. Oh, Bagan. Okay. That I think Bagan. it's Bagan. That, yeah. We. Like how, I mean, in distances, how far is this? I think, I think all the flights are about an hour and a half. Oh, you flew. Well, we we took an overnight bus to Inla Lake, which was a 12-hour bus ride from Yangon. So we took an overnight bus and... Air-conditioned, I hope? Yeah. Okay. They had movies. It was it was nice. I mean, not nice, but it was, it was better than I expected. <laughs> right. they, we each had like a little screen um, and it was overnight. So... But the woman in front of me, there's something about Southeast Asia where they just like hack a lot. Do you mm-hmm. know, like, ah, just. <laughs> and spitting. Was there any spitting? Oh, my God. China's more of the spitters, but. There was this moment where I lost my mind and then it became so funny because all night this woman, and she was a tiny little beautiful lady and she kept hacking <laughs> all night. And the guy behind me was snoring. So we would stop at these um, uh, rest stops every once in a while. And you're just like so disheveled because you've been there like not sleeping and you go and then there are squat toilets. Mm. So you're not only half asleep. There's just like toilets where you have to squat. Uh, and then I'm like – Good times being a yeah. lady, huh? <laughs> and I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> and there was a bunch of people on the bus and there were these young girls on there too um, – and I'm brushing my teeth. Like they had outdoor sinks, and the men's restroom was just over just this wall. wall. Yeah, yeah right. over this wall, and all of them are hacking, just like, <sighs> like. And I started. So I was like, enough already. I was like, I can't enough. I I had this moment of insanity, and these young girls just started laughing. So, and then I started laughing. I was like, I can't take, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I was so. It was towards the end of our trip, and I was so. T- I was like, I can't take it. And they started cracking up, and I was like, This is hilarious. And then it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did? Uh, oh, did you? Did you? Do I remember right that you got sick? Oh, in my lake, yeah. Which. Uh, when we got to Inlay, like, we got food poisoning. Oh. Do you remember, can you pinpoint yep. what it was? Yeah, it was, we were cheese. dumb. <laughs> no, I wish it was cheese. Um, we were dumb. We had, our mistake, We in Yangon, we went to an expensive, like, one of our fans, like, the only time we went to this, like, really expensive restaurant, and we ordered fish, and it was delicious. So we were, like, sort of craving that dish again, and then when we got to Inlay, like, we just went to this restaurant you know i think it was like on top of a hotel it was like your average restaurant we ordered fish and we all got sick a tour we had a tour set up for the next day and our tour guy showed up and he had to take us to a clinic um but we yeah we went to this clinic it was like in a shack and um and the doctor was really nice we were scared. We were like, oh, what's it? You know, just dumb white girls. And <laughs> and 
the doctor just like listened to our stomach. He's like, oh, stomach infection. We're like, yeah. And he gave us some medicine. We didn't fill out any paperwork. Medicine for seven bucks. Yep. And left. And we were okay like two days later. I mean, it was brutal. I mean, we were – I puked probably (laughs) 12 times and we had to fly – the day after we got it, we had to fly to Bagan. Oh. Sick. But we were we were pretty much over it, but there's this day after. Have you ever gotten oh, yeah. poisoning? India. Yeah. Back to India. Oh, oh yeah. Would you... Worst wh- horrible night of my life. Oh, yeah. It was awful. You feel like you're going to die for like 12 hours and then you just sleep for a day and then you're fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. Would you eat? Well, it was... Uh, we could food. never really pinpoint it. Yeah. You know, we, I was in a group of... 12 and 10 of us got sick <gasps> over a two-week period, but all in different times. Oh. So it was like Russian roulette every day. Who's going to be today? Oh, wow. And I was one of the last ones, and I thought I could make it out. Because I've eaten everything around the world, and I have a pretty good stomach. Yeah. But yeah, something. I don't know. It, it could be anything. It could be a drop of water on the plate. You right. Know, I mean, you don't know. Yeah. So we couldn't. And I was super careful. Like bottled water and, and like beer. That's all I drank. Right. Because, of the, you know, I was being really careful, but. Still took me out. Yeah. Took me out. It's still... Yeah, it was awful. So bad. So I bad. was so bummed because we only had a few days at that in, in Lay Lake, which is so beautiful. We didn't even get to see the lake. Oh, you... <laughs> no. The most beautiful... We were... We couldn't... So oh. I was... I was that... I wasn't too, I got, it didn't scare me too much. I was like, okay, this happens. You hear about it all mm-hmm. the time. Just make sure, you know... But I was just bummed that we missed it. You got to know your roommates really well. Yes. Very intimate. And one of the girls I had just met there, because it was my friend Leslie and her girlfriend, like my best friend from L.A. and okay. her girlfriend, who I had never met before because they had been living in France. So um, it was our first time ever meeting, and we just go on this huge adventure together. And she, luckily, she's like super cool. <laughs> How long was the trip? Two weeks? Three. Three, okay. Total, yeah. Wow. So, okay, Myanmar, mm-hmm. your favorite place there, Myanmar. So for people who are going to go, like me, who I want to go, so where should I those – are, those are the places they should hit? I, you have to go to Yangon, but just don't stay too long. Like don't ex- – you know, just get in there just to experience it and then get out because it, it's just so much. Right. And your and main then, flight is probably going to end up there anyway. Yeah, there or, or Mandalay. Mandalay I didn't love, but again, we didn't have enough time. I've heard – on the outskirts of Mandalay could be amazing, but that was our last stop, and we were so tired that I don't feel like I need to go you back. Give it a basically. fair shake, yeah. But you have to go Yangon, In and Out, see the the pagoda, Inlay Lake. I'm don't sure have it's the awesome. Fish. Don't have the fish. <laughs> but we just we rode our bike before we got sick. Like we rode our bike for a day. It was magical. Oh, it was okay. so great. Um, and then Bagan just because – and do like at least like one organized tour there. And then Mandalay. I don't know. I feel like you could skip Mandalay. Okay. But – So that was there and then you went on to another country, right? Um, well, that was actually our last stop. But we went to northern Thailand, Chiang Rai, Chiang Mai. Oh, okay. Did you go to Luang Prabang? Yeah. In Laos? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool little place. It was. It was cool. I definitely would say go there. I would skip t- – if – I would be very comfortable saying skip Thailand. <laughs> what? How dare you? I know. I don't know why. I'm like. I, I, you didn't like Chiang Mai? I, I like Chiang Mai. I did. I did like. I didn't go to Chiang Rai. I didn't, I didn't do that. I did, but they're not as mind-blowing to me as like Vietnam or Cambodia 
Or well, there's a lot more infrastructure, like tourist infrastructure. They're they're a little more used to tourists, and it's gotten yeah. more and more touristy. Yep. So exactly. if you're used to Myanmar, <laughs> I guess you know you're not. Thailand's going to seem like really commercial to you, right? But I guess I guess if it's your first time going, you should go to Thailand. Yeah, because it it is comfortable. Like every everything is where everybody knows what that's doing. like the main starting point for people going to Southeast sure, Asia. Sure, it's that's a good first, entry. Yeah, maybe maybe for the um, ease into it. Ease into yeah. it. Bangkok, move on, and then you go up into yeah. Yeah. So we did uh, tell me about how long were you in Luang Prabang? Time just kind of slips there. Just if yeah, we yeah. took a two day slow boat. Not my idea. <laughs> But um, from where to where? From the border of Thailand and Laos. Um, okay, it's a name I can't. There's an X in the name. I'm so I should have written this stuff down. But it was a two day slow boat, and we stopped for a night in Peck Bang. It's really cute. It's so I wanted to stay there an extra night. But um, that's in Laos. It's in Laos, okay. and so we stayed. We took all, an all day slow boat to there. Stayed there for a night. And then got on a boat again and went to Long Prabang. I loved it. I want. I want to go. Like I, I just talking to you. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so, like your friends, you never had any kind of uh, issues or. Oh yeah, two big fights. Oh, two big ones. Okay. And then oh, over it. what? Food, I just directions things you wanted to do. Or? At that well, me and my best oh, friend Leslie boat? and I. <laughs> She, I was like, because she was doing most of the plan. She did great, like, because I was meeting them there. So she was like, I planned this. We're going to go here, here, here. And uh, and then after a while, like, then there was a week where nothing was planned. And I started to, like, voice, like, why don't we do this? And we just got into, like, a dumb fight. And, you're, we're, you know, we're exhausted under these yeah, brutal you're con- tired. You're all hot. your character defects are just, like, coming out. Like, your strengths and your weaknesses just come out in those Travel situations. will do it. Yeah. So, but it was fine. We just were like, ah. I'm like, I was like, oh, I'm like, we're not 20-year-old backpackers. I'm like, we have to have I a... I need a shower. I'm like, we are 40-year-old angry women. <laughs> we need to get, we have to have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> we're angry women <laughs> so but it was fun like uh, she's i we we love each other but we're like sisters so we're like eh. right it's but gonna it was, happen yeah um but it, it was incredible I, I i i feel like i could go part of me wants to keep going back there but also like i want to go to india and yeah. sri lanka just sri lanka is high on my list too i haven't been really yeah uh-huh. And that again, that's another one that's kind of opening up now. It's yeah, because it's been really kind of harsh. You know, there was a war, right? Like a civil war there. You know, it's yeah, a little tough. But okay, so other than Southeast Asia, give me your dream destinations anywhere in the world that you've never been, always wanted to go. India. Okay. Fiji. <laughs> I'm sure it's beautiful. That. I've never been. I, just, I feel like that was a place I, I wanted to go when I was a teenager. Like, right. I've written it down in my beaches. Like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. nice beaches. Um, Africa. Oh yeah, Madagascar. Been. Yeah, I've been to Mauritius. Why? How? <laughs> my friend, my friend 
I met her in New York. We were friends in New York. She married a French Mauritian, and they ended up his his family spends half their time in France and half in in Mauritius. And um, I went there. There were she was like coming, but like when I was moving from New York to LA, I took some time off and I went there. I was there for three weeks, and I ended up getting a job on The Amazing Race because they were filming an episode there. Three weeks. Yeah. Okay, so I'm trying to think. Okay, Mauritius. It's on the west coast of Africa. Or it is like Verde? it's like in the middle of the Indian Ocean, like you know, oh, Madagascar. Just yeah, yeah. Okay. It's on the it's east of South Africa, but it's like just hey, this tiny little island that just is in the middle of the Indian Ocean. So how how did you go through? Did you go through London? How did you get there? I did uh, Rome. I oh, stu- Rome. Okay. I remember uh, I had a layover in Rome. On the way back, I had a layover in Rome. On the way there, I don't remember. This is not an easy thing to get to. No, it took forever. <laughs> so you get there. What's it like? I mean, is it, um, is it Muslim? Is it not Muslim? Um, I don't know. A lot of Indians. Yeah. You and, weren't too far from India. And I don't know. This is... I was still drinking, first of all. Oh, okay. A little hazy. And... It's a long flight. And I, was, I, know, I wasn't paying take attention. Take the edge off something. It was my, it, that was culture shock because I had never been. I had been to Europe before that. That's it. So, no, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. So it was a big jump. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I slept for four days. And then her husband, Mark, had a production company. And he was like, hey, Amazing Race is coming to town. And they hire locals to work on the show. Do you want to be like a production assistant for like five days? They'll pay you. I was it's like, like, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up being Phil Kogan, the host assistant for five days. And they put me up in this amazing hotel. That's great. And he was so nice. He was so low. Ma- I think so I got him a bottle. What did you have to bottle- do? No, I got him a bottle of water like twice. <laughs> and I had to make one phone call for him. He was so cool. That's a job I want. How did he get that job? I don't know. I don't Where was I when they had auditions for that one? Oh, you'd be great for that. Yeah. He just shows up and like does straight to camera stuff for a couple hours a day and then. (gasps) Then, you know, go sits by the pool. Yeah. I hate that guy. (laughs) He's, he's nice. Yeah. No. So that's great. So you got to stay in a nice place. Uh Uh-huh. They pay, I paid for half my trip. I don't know how they shoot that thing. I mean, that's, I can't imagine the production. Of what, what it goes into shooting that thing. They, half of them just travel together and then they hire local crews once they get there. And it wow. is, I mean, they set up headquarters at whatever hotel they're staying at. They set up these makeshift offices and then they have these practice runs. I Hopefully I can talk. I signed a bunch of paperwork, whatever. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but, you know, they test out the the course or whatever the the challenge and wow that's a lot it is a lot so they pick you as as the assistant who's like if you had to get something local you would have no idea how to like do it oh yeah they picked me to (laughs) because this other girl that i was that i was from my friend's friend she had to be the executive producer's assistant and she needed to like speak the language and know right. no more. I didn't know anything. I was like, "What? Yeah. Where's the craft service?" <laughs> yeah, I was such a slacker. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if if I was a lo- 
I was okay for that job because I didn't have to do anything. But they definitely needed locals who knew. Did everything. you have to like put an order? You were like, hey, if you guys needed an assistant somewhere else someday. Um, they filled. Mm. <laughs> they actually, when they were in New York a couple weeks later, I was there with them too because the finale was in New York and they hired me for two days. Sweet. And then I kept like emailing Phil being like, hey, <laughs> like trying to bug him. And he was not... He was nice enough, but I could tell. I was like, all right, he's had enough of me. <laughs> That's great. Mauritius. Yeah, I never – it seems like a place where it would be like a, the nice beaches. Is it, what oh, is it? it's beautiful. It's uh-huh. beautiful. White sand, Ooh. like blue, blue water. I mean, it's a lot of rich Europeans who go yeah. there, like super loaded Europeans vacation there. But Russians? Any Russians um, there? Probably. Yeah, I'm sure. The uh, I only know who Mauritius is because from the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. They would always oh, yeah. shoot there. They would always have like shoots there and be like, Mauritius and Seychelles. Seychelles. Oh, Seychelles. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, other yeah. one that they always have. Like, I would have to look it up. Where the hell is that? Beach looks nice, but where the hell is it? We went um, in the middle of the island where the locals live. We went there to shoot a music video for a local musician there she was sort of the star of the island Mm -hmm. not like a pop star she was older sort of had like this following and my friend with the production company shot a music video there and i went and i got hammered (laughs) it was so fun i was like dance i just danced all night and a bunch of kids were like petting my hair i feel like i was one of the very few white people they had ever seen wow have you ever had any like in, especially in Southeast Asia, someplace like Myanmar, because I've traveled with uh, women mm-hmm. you know, in groups and stuff like that in that part of the world. And yeah, they get some weird stares and, you know, especially if you're blonde. You're not blonde. No. The blondes would really get some awkward stuff happening. Well, in Myanmar, my, f- uh, my friend's girlfriend has a bunch of tattoos. Oh. Like, t- like... We have a couple. Covered. I have a couple, but she is like has sleep, you know. Oh, right. Really tatted. And and she's super beautiful. So she was like. Like an alien. Yeah, she was an alien (laughs) to them. And I I took pictures of them staring at her. It was funny. Have have you ever had any creepy, like, especially traveling alone as a a woman? Any any kind of scary stuff? No. You know, I've I've been I've been pretty lucky. Like I feel I mean mm-hmm. it's definitely a fear of mine. That's why I'm a little afraid to go to India by myself cuz I hear it's just not Yeah, good. as a woman it's tough. I be, that's one I joined a group like yeah. I didn't and also just the logistics of setting everything up. I was just kind of, you know, you guys handle it. So I yeah. did a, a tour with a company called Intrepid who I've used for a while. Oh, okay. Um and that was in that area. It's kind of nice. And just to have a local guy to lead you through and just like he can bribe whoever's got to be bribed. You know what? You know, pay everything in cash. Yeah. And just give him the money and let him deal with the locals. You know? Yeah. That's pro- that. It has its pluses and minuses. But then when you have a short window, it's just like how much time do I want to spend putting it together? You know? I know. I feel like every time I, I do like half tours and half just – I'll deal with it on my own and I always appreciate the tours because you get so much more accomplished yeah. in a day. Well, you get to see more because you're not dealing with all that stuff. And especially in a place where there's a language issue or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just easier how you deal with it. But yeah, I usually like to have a little more freedom in where I go, but sometimes you just don't have the time. You know what I mean? 
It's like, I want to see all this stuff, but how am I going to... Just the thought of like booking the buses and oh, doing this yeah, and the yeah. hotels and just like, okay, let, you guys just handle it. You guys handle it. It's easier. Any kind of other than your... Uh, so you've never had anything stolen? Never had any kind of... No. Any uh, run-ins with police or... Sorry, man. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Where'd you get the drunkest overseas? Where did you get the drunkest? I want a, I want a good Amber... Oh, Italy. Well, yeah, that'll happen. Was wine your thing? Oh, Were you? Really... God. Yeah, that'll do it. I think anything was my thing, but... <laughs> I got really hammered when that first trip to Europe. Yeah. And then in Mauritius, I got drunk. Amsterdam? I mean, come on. Amsterdam. Was it always drinking or just was drugs of any part? Yeah, it was mostly drink. I mean, I did Coke a few times, but it wasn't my thing. And pot. I love, like. Well, it's Colorado. Come on. Yeah. Legal now, man. I should start smoking again. No, it was mostly drinking. But honestly, I've been lucky. I have been very lucky as far as. um, Because you can find yourself in some really bad situations. Yeah. As a woman, especially. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I've never, I've, I feel like I've been like had bad vibes or something, but I would get out of there. I was awake enough to just escape a situation before anything bad happened. But I mean, I woke up in Coney Island once just passed out and the train was just sitting like an over, I must've left a bar at four in the morning, you know, and I went to the end of the train line. It went to the end of the the train train line. (laughs) The sun was coming up. Oh my God. I was like, oh, I've always wanted to come to Coney Island. Maybe I'll have a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ride the cyclone. Why not? Um, oh, God, yeah. But yeah, I mean, thank, you know, thankfully the times that I've been to Southeast Asia and stuff, I wasn't drinking. I was already sober. But um, what uh, people talk about this now in Colorado since the the laws have changed. Are there like pot tourists? I mean, do people come in to to do that that was one of the things that when they argued against the law we're gonna have pot tourism and people flying in we don't want to be the amsterdam of you know right but like nothing changes really does it i mean i well i think more people are moving there you think all of a sudden the rents are going up in denver i i think it changed more jobs are there because of the pot farms so i wow i don't know about pot tourism but i probably like if you're a a teenager and you love to ski or something and you don't live there, you might be like, let's go to Colorado. But right. well, my friends moved to a college buddy of mine after college, he like threw everything in his truck and moved to Colorado then was a ski bum for like 13 years and stuff. So he worked at Keystone. Oh, nice. There. And, uh, but when they were bought out by Vail partners, they Vail partners said they were going to start drug testing people. And he was just like a waiter in the banquet thing. And he's like, we all moved up here to ski and, and we smoke weed, we drink, and, and we work in these things. We're not yeah. saving lives here. Right. If, if you want to test the guys running the, the lifts or so, you know, the heavy machinery, yeah, that's yeah. one thing. But it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a waiter. And who cares if I'm you know, yeah. smoking weed? We all do it up here. And I think so many of them, ever, like, they tested it and either they fought it really hard and they dropped it. Or they just tested everybody and everybody tested positive for weeds. I was like, what's the point? Yeah. We can't fire everyone. You know. Just, when was this? This was probably, I don't know, 12 years ago, oh, 13 okay. years ago. That's so weird. Yeah, but it's like you're going to test people who work at a, you know, in a ski resort for weed? 
It's yeah, okay. Would you test everybody at spring break? Too? Right, right, right. So yeah, it's all seemed kind of silly, but it seems to have success there. I guess it's raised so much money. Yeah, Colorado's rich. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you miss about it? Colorado or weed? Well, that either. But Colorado. <laughs> Could you see yourself going back? I mean, you know, I know you have family. I think I could live in Denver. I really like Denver. I don't think I could move back to my hometown just because I don't. There's not. What am I going to do there? Yeah, I know. Um, but but the people are great. I love. I, I I really like Colorado, and I I would move to Denver if I had an op, like a job there. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Did you ever do the comedy works there? I did. It's a great club. It is. It is. Comedy works downtown is. My favorite. I don't really perform too much anymore. I'm more writing. Oh, I have a book coming out. I know. Let's, we'll plug that. Let's plug the hell out of that. You, congratulations. You published a book. Yes. Everybody talks about it, but you actually did it. I did it. How long did it take you to write this thing? And tell the name of it. You... It's called Sober Stick Figure, and it'll be out the end of May, um, May 31st. And it will be on Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles, all that. I don't... It took me about six weeks to write the proposal, which was the first three chapters and then chapter outline. And then I had a tight deadline. Like I got the deal in April and then my deadline was September 1st. Wow. So they asked me though, they said, do you think you can do the, the first draft was due. And they said, if you can't, we would rather it be good than rushed. So let's see. So I did. I, I, I cranked it out. So, and is it about your uh, recovery? Well, yeah, it's an illust- it's mostly my drunk stories. It's like <laughs> it's like drunk illustrated. It's it's like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but for adults. So okay. each page has a stick figure illustration that I drew. They're really bad, but um, <laughs> so it's mostly just like my drunk history, and then the last few chapters are about sobriety. Then it gets, I'm like, oh, then I got sober and, you know, like, what? <laughs> and then my stories are like, now I'm just, now I hang out with my family and, and drink water. No. Um, you cover any uh, travel, uh, any of those trips? Um, does it make any part of the book? Uh, the, the Europe, the Europe trip does the, yeah, the, with, um, the European trip. I tried to, I started to write about Mauritius, but it would like, like it took the book in a, so I didn't include it. So one of my European trips made it. Oh, that's fun. In there. That's awesome. Yeah. There's like, I'm trying to think of the illustrations that I drew. Oh, I drew an illustration of me and my friend hanging out in this hotel room in Germany because we got super hammered at a bar. I forgot about the story. We were in Dusseldorf. Mm-hmm. Like I say, like, and we just got <laughs> hammered. There was nothing to do. It was like winter time. We're like, why are we here? We just yeah. got hammered and... We brought boys back to a hotel room. Oh, go and I on. I blue balled them. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so there's an illustration. Stick figure with giant blue balls. Well, it was us. We ordered pizza and it was disgusting and the guys had left. So it's just oh, an illustration. German pizza of, is the best. Oh. <laughs> and then, but it was one of my favorite illustrations because I drew a little Van Gogh on the hotel wall. Hey. But anyway, wow. that story's in there and just whatever. <laughs> 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 well, that's great. Yeah. Congratulations. That's all. And you're also doing a, a, aren't you doing a podcast with Fred Stoller? Oh, yeah. We, we are not doing it anymore, but we did. We, I think we worked on it for like a year, The Mild Adventures of Fred Stoller. Once in a while, I think we're still going to do some live mm-hmm. events, like live, live recordings, but. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. So what? Uh, well, we should wrap it up here. What? Um, what do you think? Like all these travels and and places you've been, how has it changed you as a person, and maybe how has it changed the way you look at people or the world? I think it's just sort of opened my mind to understanding that there's just way more happening than what's what I think is. Because I feel when I'm in LA, like I get stuck in this routine and my mind gets super, super small and in my routine. But I feel like when I go to like a developing country, I'm like, holy shit, I don't know anything about anything. (laughs) It just makes me, it just like blows my mind open. Yeah, it's very humbling. And I just realize like we're all on this planet together working with what we have. So I feel... I feel like it's made me a little bit more empathetic and interested in other people. It, it makes me when uh, I want to know more about everyone's stories. Like the more people I meet in different areas of the world makes me more interested in everything. It makes me more curious. Yeah, that's great. So so are you writing on any kind of uh, TV or doing any of that still? No, I um, – Worked a little bit. I had like a consulting gig for uh, a show coming out on CISO, Take My Wife with um, Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. I think it's premiering this summer. So I worked a little bit on that. And then, um, no, I'm writing. I write for Hallmark, Shoebox, Greeting Cards. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. You posted something. You're you're writing for Greeting Cards. Yeah. Was this through your uh, Twitter? Did they find you through Twitter? Yeah. That's amazing. You got a lot of Twitter. You're good on the Twitter. Yeah. I'm not good on the Twitter. I like write one thing a day and you like all your stuff's kind of out there. It's like, (laughs) I want to say non sequiturs, but they're kind of like just, yeah, just ramblings in your head. With yeah. very little punctuation, I should say. <laughs> There's not enough space. <laughs> You've only got 140 characters. You can't use so one of them So who approached you from a card company? One of the executives at Hallmark had been following me for a while, and they brought me out to be a keynote speaker on emotional honesty. Wow. Because that's sort of what greeting cards are. But yeah. so, And then, they, uh, then I just got like a freelance gig after that. So I do that once in a while. It's... And it's fun. That's great. Yeah. So I, I've been doing that. And actually, I got the book deal off Twitter. I tweeted wow. a joke about needing a job and a lit agent responded to me. That's amazing. And then we started brainstorming and then it snowballed. How many, how many followers do you have now? Um, around uh, 52,000. Holy cow. That's incredible. Yeah. It's fun. But then I like a lot of people I know on Twitter have like 200,000. So in my sick head, I'm like, I don't have that many. You know, it's like, it's never That's enough. a lot. It's I know. Sick. It's sickness. That's our sick, uh, empty ego Ugh. that we need to be you know, fill it with something. It's so gross. But I do love, <laughs> I, 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 Twitter is like one of my favorite platforms because it's like a puzzle. You only have like so much space to write a joke or something. So. And people, it's Amber Tozer, just Amber Tozer yeah, on, Amber on Twitter. Tozer. Yeah. It's incredible. That's awesome. Thanks, man. So is there one greeting card that we would know is your work? I'm not allowed. You can't say which say, one's yours? No, not to, they're, they're coming out in 2017. Oh, so, okay. And I just, they asked me not to. And you want to. Really I, wanna, bad, I wonder you? if I could post the rejected ones. <laughs> I'll ask them if I can post the uh, rejected ones. Because they don't take, you know, you pitch a lot and they only... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't you go there? That I want to say you posted something. You did the speech 
with oh. them and just dealing with the baseball or just dealing with people that are not you've been in Hollywood so long that it's oh. just like wow uh, they're like nice happy people to do <laughs> to, to work with and you're just like oh you're not bitter and jaded and, and they're so nice and I was like it's just they were so cool I almost didn't even believe it and they've all been there for a while and they're all I, I don't know it, I just really enjoy them and they like take care of each other and are very supportive like whatever it was so weird <laughs> it was so weird I know how, how how jaded are we that we see people like that? What are you happy? Yeah, I don't I don't trust that. I know. I don't Whatever. trust your happiness. weirdo. <laughs> no, but they were great. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- so is there any? We had the Twitter. Is there any uh, <clears throat> website or anything you want to plug? Um, well, ambertozer dot com should be up in a few days. So I don't know by the time this, yeah, this goes up. Okay, ambertozer dot com. Ambertozer dot com and. Um, yeah, sober stick figure. Sober stick figure. Look for it on Amazon and uh, any other Barnes and Nobles, all the, all the, all those places. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Amber Tozer. Everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.